The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I'll tell you something. Here's a question for you. How does an Edmonton school teacher end up rescuing a chimpanzee from a zoo in Iraqi Kurdistan? Huh? Good question on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. Well, last night I sat, I found out as I sat down and read from cover to cover a book called Saving Mano. Now, it's the story of a chimp named Mano and the man who was behind rescuing him and giving him a new life. Uh, that man joins me in the studio this afternoon, Spencer Seeker. Hi. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Jalen. This was interesting because uh, we were talking about it uh, a little bit, but uh, you and my husband go way back. That's right. That's right. Way like, uh, back to my bouncing days. <laughs> and we coach football against each other. So, yeah, we've known each other for 25 plus, probably 30 years now. Yeah, a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. And that didn't even come up until I just about finished the book last night. But anyway, I did. I sat down and read the book. I sat down at 7 o'clock. 208 pages later, I was done at 11 o'clock. I was in tears, so much so I sent you a message on Facebook saying, I'm not sure I can get through this interview <laughs> without breaking down. But I... I want to start with um, your passion for travel. And actually, I think it's you and your wife's both passion for travel right. and, and trying to make the world a better place. What started that for you? Well, it started, I was a, I was a phys ed teacher and I had done athletics. I could play university football and some junior hockey. So I was fairly comfortable in that realm. And as I made the transition over to social studies, I was like social studies as a kid, but I wanted to teach from experience. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, there's that one line in Goodwill Hunting where Robin Williams' character says, do you know what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel? And mm. I was like, oh, yes. Yes. Now, I know what it smells like. It smells like sweaty tourists. But, <laughs> but um, I wanted to be able to bring those experiences back to my students. So I just started going out. And I mean, we, we, we had a tragedy in the school. That was a pivotal moment in my in my uh, career in my life. A colleague's uh, young daughter passed away, and I'm, so we're sitting there. Christy and I are sitting there in the funeral, and it's like here's this beautiful, wonderful mm-hmm. person. All she wanted to do is go help the world. It's like what's stopping me? Mm-hmm. So it was a culmination of a number of things. So I just got online, and, and with the support of my beautiful wife Christy. Um, just got online and started sending stuff out. So the first place to get back to me was Sierra Leone. So I started to teach at these different areas, Sierra Leone, Afghanistan, a refugee camp in the West Bank, Haiti, so on and so forth. And then, but the transition to animal rescue is like I ended up always looking after some stray cat or, you know, I brought some dogs back from Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, and so I realized that was my passion and I could combine the two, you know, and it's just like, and just, it's so amazing the things that have unfolded in front of me and it's like, why well, I, I make a choice? What would I tell my, what would I tell my son Anders to mm-hmm. do? You step up and yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because you think, oh, you know, you're planning holidays, you're planning a vacation, something like that. It's, oh, we're going to go back to Mexico. Let's go back to New Orleans, do it over and over again. And you are going to what some people would probably say the most godforsaking places in the world. Well, it's that that part is certainly not easy. And I, I definitely have my wife to thank you because being spring break, she's like, I really want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> it's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> but you know what? I just... Um, yeah, it's, when, when you go to these places, you can find beauty anywhere. Mm-hmm. The beauty, even if you're in a war-torn area, it might be relationships. Yeah. You know, how people treat each other in those sort of situations. And, you know, just the wealth of knowledge and experience that I've, I've gained from these people. And again, to hopefully to share with my students, with my son, 
and now with my readers. You know, one of the things that I found looking at the pictures in the book, you talk about the beauty. It's the beauty on the faces of the people right, right. Um, that you that uh, that you that you look at here, and I was just like, and, and you know, the animals, and some of it's you know tough to look at, but all of these folks that you met and the smiles, and you know those relationships. Yeah, there's right. beauty in that. It doesn't that beauty doesn't necessarily have to be um, you know sitting on uh, a beach looking at the ocean with a pina colada right. in your hand. And it's always amazing to me how people even with with the mano situation or the dogs before that how people go out of their way to help is just like and way above and beyond anything that i would ever imagine that anyone would do and it just it gives me a lot of hope of of, of the human spirit so you went to iraq well, yeah, well, well it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's again the the Kurds do not. It's the largest no. ethnic group with without a country, so they're very, they're they're very adamant. They're not, they're not Iranian. They're not Iraqi. Mm-hmm. They're not Syrian. They're not Turkish. They're Kurdish, and so that. But I, I didn't know that before yeah. I went either. Um, so yeah, I was in the northern what what we would call northern Iraq. It's an area of Kurdistan. And you had gone there originally to do what? Well, again, so I was just making the transition to help dogs. So it was a, I think I contacted someone in Afghanistan, put me in touch with Dr. Suleiman Tamir, a veterinarian in Duhok, who is basically taking care of their feral dog situation. They've got a lot of stray dogs. And so uh, Suleiman and I made an arrangement. So I went over there to help him. But here I am on the other side of the world and he worked in the mornings. And it's just one of those serendipitous things that happened. So I was in this one hotel. I said, I'm not staying here. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be a bad hotel. for. I mean, I'm in places <laughs> with bugs on the wall. So anyway, I switched hotels. The hotel I switched to is like basically right next door to the zoo. which And so I had my mornings free. And I had been to the zoo with Suleiman. He did a call there. So I went over one morning. And I think they thought I was a veterinarian. Because all of a sudden I get this baby chimpanzee thrust in my arms. And at first it was just like, this is a really cool experience. One of those things I can tell my students about, get videos. And then I look around and no one else is in the room. And so I spent the whole morning taking care of them. So I just started going back. And then Mano and I developed this bond. And wherever he was in the zoo, he'd see me and just come barreling over, jump in my arms. And it was like there was this connection. And then as I you know, my time there and Ramadan treated me very well. I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, make him as this mm-hmm. evil, you know, bad guy. He treated me really well, but, and he exposed to me all the animals had been trafficked. Yeah. Um, Iraq at that time was not part of CITES, the international governing body. So technically he didn't break any laws, but in my other experiences, I knew what uh, primates, what's going to happen as they get older. Well, and Mano, when I was reading this, and this was the part of it that was a little heartbreaking for me at, at one point, was, you know, talking about this little cage that he lived in. He's only with other, he's with humans. Right. Um, and at nighttime, his cage would be placed on top of a cage with snakes. Snakes, yeah. And... And that terrified him. Right, yeah. Just just that primal, I mean, no one had ever taught him, just the primal fear of snakes. Yeah. Something that I would assume is just, just um, in their DNA. So as, as an animal lover and as someone who wants to, you know, you know, make these small changes to lead to the better good in the world, um, it must have broken your heart to learn very quickly about the, the 
well, what's really a, a really dark underbelly of the world, and this is the, the animal trafficking right, right. side of it. And, and where it really came to light, so just to jump forward, when we you know, were actually transferring Mano, and so I, I was on a cargo plane, Mano and I, and we landed in Dubai, and then we split up, and we were, we landed at one airport. We had to go to another airport, and we split up. I wasn't able to be with Mano. So first thing in the morning, I go to this area, the Dubai uh, airport called Cargo City, try and find my, uh-huh. my animal. So long story short is I ended up finding where they keep the animals, and I went in, and I said, I'm here to see my chimpanzee before our flight. And they said, chimpanzee left five days ago. Uh. And it's like, wow, we... And then the light came on. He's talking about a different chimpanzee, which to me kind of uh, signified how pervasive this problem is. What? How people can just buy these animals? Go online, and and it depends. Like orangutans in in Southeast Asia, um, in Africa. So, just as an example, so people ask what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So this summer, I went to a West African country called Guinea Bissau. Mm-hmm. A beautiful young Portuguese girl is basically taking my role with Mano with a with a chimpanzee in Guinea-Bissau called Simon. So I got a couple of emails the same day. So to me, this is a sign. I'm on my summer break, so I went over to to give her a hand. I found four. Wow! And one of them, uh, uh, who ended up being Julio, was for sale in the market about a week before I arrived. And so when I arrived, they had said, no, Julio has been killed because they wanted to get rid of it, but they never. They actually moved him down south. So I went and saw Julio. And we're in the process of hopefully moving these chimpanzees to Sweetwaters as well. Yeah. And hopefully that we get as positive of ending as we did with Mano. And Sweetwaters is, is where Mano is. That's and we're going right. to get to that shortly. I want to just circle back because there was another part in, your, in, in the book when you started, again, learning more about animal trafficking and talking about, you know, how a baby chimp gets taken from, a, what is it, a herd, a pack, uh, you know, and that oftentimes, what was it, one chimp, uh, baby chimp, at least, you know, up to 10 others can be killed in that process? So there's no other way. They, they go in and they kill the entire family, and then they'll take the baby. So, you know, a lot of it, Jalen, ends up being socioeconomic, though. Yeah. And again... I think it's important when you're going, especially when you're going in someone else's country, not to be, you know, the white savior, to mm-hmm. be like, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, these, these people, can you blame them when they're going to get a certain portion of what they would earn in an entire yeah. year? So I try not to be judgmental. I don't support it, and I don't want to come across as that. But a lot of times that's what it comes down to. But there's no other way. They go in and they kill the family. And then they'll take the baby... And they might get worth a few about hun- fifty bucks, to right? Them? So, or maybe even a few hundred. But as it goes up the food chain, so just as an example, uh, Ramadan, he's the zoo owner in Duhok. He paid fifteen thousand dollars American for Mano. So, as it goes up the food chain, it, it he increases in value. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then the list of all the other things up to elephants, all of that. Right. It was just what? unreal. You're talking like millions. Right. Well, as a matter of fact, so the cargo plane that we were, that we, we went from um, Iraq to uh, to Dubai, the the pilot was French-Canadian, so <laughs> we had a good chat about hockey and the Montreal Canadiens and whatnot. But, but he, uh, just a month or so before, he was transporting dolphins. 
um, wow. from Japan to somewhere in the Middle yeah. East, and they had I don't know how many crates. He said, and they were pouring water over them. They thought they were going to lose one, and it's like, oh my goodness, there's and, so much to learn. And right, and to, you go sometimes like, what's the matter with us uh-huh. as, as people? You know, yeah. But, uh, I'm going to take a break here. Uh, Spencer Seeker, the author of uh, Saving Mano, joining me in studio this afternoon. We talked about y- you you meeting Mano, having that connection, and knowing that you had to get him out of that zoo. Want to tell that part? of the amazing story and your reunion that brought me to tears with him after this. Spencer Seeker in studio, the author of Saving Mano and um, really an insight into animal trafficking in this world and um, the big, big bucks behind it. Uh, Spencer is a, you're from Edmonton, you're a a teacher here, but you like to travel the world and you're involved with animals, that sort of thing. So when you decided and you knew that Mano had to get out of that zoo, that Duhok Zoo, he mm-hmm. needed to get out of there because you know what? Things could turn bad because as he got bigger, there's going to be challenges right. there, right? That wasn't an easy process. No, no. And it was made even more complicated because when I, when I was there the first time, ISIS didn't even have that moniker yet. Mm-hmm. Armed insurgents, there's a smattering of stuff that was going on, enough to, for people to raise their eyebrows and go, you're going where? What? And But when we went back... Just a few kilometers away in Mosul, now we've got that full-fledged battle going. Wow. So there is that whole element as well. But more than anything, it was like, Mano wasn't... Mano was my friend, mm-hmm. you know, and I was... I didn't want to leave him behind. is because the, the, the future wasn't good regardless. So through all sorts of different channels, uh, help of a fellow by the name of Jordan, um, you managed to get him on the move. Right. You got him on the move to a place called Sweetwater. Right. Where is that and, and what is that? It's a, That's a preserve, a reserve. Yeah, that's in Kenya. So um, how that story came about. So through an online relationship, Cheryl Bernard's husband was uh, friends with the Kurdish prime minister. So we had an avenue to get him out. Crazy. I know, right? It's just such a, such a, a, a crazy small world story. So... We had an avenue to get him out, so we had that. But then we were in a holding pattern because we had nowhere for him to go. But Jane Goodall was speaking here at the Windspear. <laughs> so Christy got us tickets and wow. stood in line like everybody else, me and Christy with our book. And I had my 10-second FaceTime mm-hmm. with her down to, you know, and pitch her mano, and she lit up. She's like, I know that ape. It's like, yeah, 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 that's my aim. <laughs> and so then she put me in touch with her people. And as soon as that relationship happened, that's when things really started to roll. So you got him to this um, this uh, reserve, preserve, what is yeah, it? Yeah, sanctuary. Sanctuary, sanctuary sure. to this sanctuary, which was also home to that gorgeous white uh, rhino uh, that Sudan, just recently, Sudan, Sudan that just recently yeah. passed away. But when he got there, he had to be in quarantine for four months. Correct, yeah. Uh, just to make sure that he didn't have any infections, that right. sort of thing. Tell us about the transition of him trying to work a, a way into a pack with the, with the other apes, because he had never been around other right, chimpanzees. Right. Since an infant. So in Mano's mind, he's still a human. <laughs> so the the integration process, like, so when we got him there, I thought, okay, my job's done. But there was still a very important part to go because chimps are wild animals, much more dangerous and deadly than people would mm-hmm. ever imagine. And we're still not out of the woods yet. Like if that troop doesn't accept him, it could end very badly. So what they would do is they bring females in. Mm-hmm. 
But what it would happen is people have no idea, I think, that don't spend a lot of time around the chimpanzees or primates is how aggressive, mm-hmm. loud, and mean they are. <laughs> so Mano's in the corner and he's in the field position and he's not doing well. So there was a researcher there from the Max Planck Institute, and God bless her, because she's like, let Spencer go in. He needs some support. So that's when I went in, and Mano jumped in my arms, and I was like, oh. What was that moment like? It was, well, when people say, you know, did Mano remember you? Mm -hmm. What's it like? I usually play that thing, Mm. and it ends up a lot of times tears, right? (laughs) Because it's it was such a... um, a, a powerful moment yeah. in my life and to me that is what I would use to demonstrate that connection and that bond not only between Mano and myself but between our species but you, you also knew that was the last time you would ever hold him yeah and I actually that he wasn't even supposed to happen no because and, and it was and I'm very grateful for the staff at, at Sweetwaters for letting me do that because they felt it's going to slow up the integration process. So he was introduced to uh, one female. It didn't go well. Another one came and along. And Jane came in. And so when I got that video in my inbox of Jane tickling like, him, yeah, I was like, yes, we're there. And then so they bring in another one and another one. And then they move him out in the, in the, in the, the enclosure adjacent, separated by electric fence between the males. And then they eventually introduce them. So kind of something interesting happened. When I was there the first time, Nur and Kuru was the alpha. And it's yeah, like chimp yeah, yeah. thug life. Like you walk down and they <laughs> just part. He was the badass. Oh, man. Yeah. But the, the, the zookeeper said, that guy right there, William, he's what they call president-elect. Mm. He is actually the alpha. He just hasn't taken it yet. So fast forward, when we go back the second time, it's now William. Mm. So when we introduce Mano, William sees... Mano and he beelines and the girls did exactly what they were supposed to do. They ganged up on him, say, "You're not going to touch <laughs> Back your boy." Away, That's mister. right. And so Mano knows to keep his distance, and but William leaves him alone. And that that was that was that was the moment that we knew this is going to be fine. And he's doing fine. You oh, keep getting updates. Yeah, it's awesome. They they just had a little bit of a tragedy within Sweetwaters. Uh, um, a flu, I believe, went through and, mm. and some chimps passed away, but not Mano. Mano's okay. Uh, Mano's okay. So, um, no, Mano is doing well, and it really has been a Disney ending. We are, like, pretty much out of time. I could talk to you for another half an hour. A couple of things. What do you want people to take away from this story? Well, I would say one of the last lines of the book, it's, um, your life is, a, is an empty page waiting to be written. Mm-hmm an untouched canvas so go paint your masterpiece Mm -hmm. with a palette of goodness yeah so um, I would say do good drops a bucket in the goodness of life what can we do to um, help curb the animal trafficking issue in this world Canada's pretty good as far as we we have one sanctuary fauna it's in in Quebec we don't really have a problem here within Canada we're fairly uh, well regulated but you know what help the Jane Goodall Institute donate. It sounds like a cliche, but but it, it really is the truth. I understand and appreciate not everyone can hop mm-hmm, on a plane mm-hmm, and go mm-hmm. over to Africa. Donate. You know. What a legacy that uh, the two of you um, are starting for your son. He's Hopefully. got... Uh, there's a, some pretty big shoes there, you guys. Hopefully. Hopefully. You know, just to show him that with, with the help of good people yeah. and a beautiful wife... <laughs> Um, you know, and don't ever say no that anything is possible. Thank you for sharing this beautiful story. It is called Saving Mano, and you can pick it up 
anywhere. Amazon, right it'll be in all bookstores on Tuesday, uh, April 2nd. Spencer Seeker joining us in studio this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thanks. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.